This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue, our intrepid music director, Alain Trudel, our director of education, Rachel Zeithamel, and a special guest, violinist Sansolis Jodra, who is on faculty at the Toledo School of Music. Welcome, everybody. And welcome to you, Sansolis. You are a, sort of a, a newbie here. You've never been on the program before. From what I understand, you've never actually listened to the program before. <laughs> oh, so. busted. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me. How did I do with the uh, name pronunciation? I am so impressed. Are you? I am so is, impressed. Is that good or bad? Really good impressed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you pass. Yeah. Now, now you're a violinist, mm-hmm. yes, and, and you teach yes. with the Toledo Symphony School of Music. Yes. Just give us a little bit of a background on you. Uh, well, I am from Uruguay, which is where my name is a little tricky. Yeah. I actually speak Spanish, and I've been playing the violin for many, many years. I'm not going to tell the exact number of years, because I don't want to give my age away. <laughs> Suffice Um, it to say, though, you are probably the youngest in the room. Um, And and that's not saying that everybody else is old. No, we are. It's it's too late. (laughs) We know we're old. Yeah, I got the the eye daggers from Rachel there for a second. (laughs) And uh, I've been in the United States for the past 10 years uh, studying. And my last degree was in Suzuki pedagogy. Uh, I did my master's in Ithaca. And it just became my passion to teach little kids. So so how long have you been here in Toledo? Uh, oh my gosh, three months. <laughs> three months? Yes. Wow. So you're not only a Toledo Symphony Lab newbie, you're a Toledo newbie. Yes, yeah, so as I guess well. it was okay to, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, the reason Sonsolis is here is because it speaks to the overall theme of our program today, which has to do with uh, teachers. And um, we were trying to come up with a name for the episode today. You had some name, Merwin, and I can't remember I think what it we is just- now. We are looking at each other thinking a tribute to teachers. A tribute to teachers. That's good. It, it has it, that it, it, alliteration. Alliteration is very right. important to me. Yeah. I, I had uh, some a pay on to pedagogues. Oh, uh, see now, see you oh. almost you almost stole my thunder there. I was oh. thinking in praise of pedagogy, but that sounds a little, <laughs> you know, that's a, <laughs> pedagogy is a word, you know. Oh, oh, we totally know, agree. Yeah, in French, it's pedagogy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Elaine will attest to that. Before we get into the whole teacher thing, though, I want to digress for a moment. And, Elaine, we're going to have a conversation about how to pronounce your name because I I told you this briefly before we Mm -hmm. got on that we had complaints about how your name is being pronounced on the radio station. So, Uh yeah. So, once and for all, why don't you settle it for us? How do you say your name? Okay. And and I mean Elaine Trudell, not... Literally, your name. <laughs> can, we, can we have a drum roll? Like, I, yeah. I feel, I feel like that we need some sort of percussion here. To... So, okay. uh, uh, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> okay. We have Elaine Trudell's Walk on Music, and we're going to get a primer in how to say your name. Okay. Go for it. So, my name is Alain Trudel. Okay, everybody say it. Alain, Alain? So the the trick is to say Alain, like in your nose, Alain. 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 And not to pronounce the N. So Alain, not Alain. So Alain. Alain. Good for you. And Trudel. 
But you're doing that R that's like in the back of your throat. Yeah. Yes. This was the R I could never pronounce in French class. Well, you can flip one if you want that trudel. I don't mind. Okay. can't do that either. Let's go through it every time. Then we're going to vote on who has the best pronunciation. Okay, I'll start. I messed it up already. There was an N. Let me try it again. Let me try it. Let me try it again. Clear my throat. Here we go. Alain. All right. And you thought Sensolis' name was going to be the most difficult part of your day. Okay, Sensolis, let's hear you pronounce it. Alain Trudel. Is that good? Oh, it's great. Rachel, let's hear from you. Uh, Okay, I will butcher it. Alain Trudel. Okay. <laughs> I actually oh, thought that was pretty good. I, me too. I thought, I, I, I thought that was pretty good. Okay. That's oh, going to be better than mine. Marwan, so. let's hear from you. Alain Trudel. Oh. I can't get the R. The R. Not the R. Yeah. You, you got the hockey thing. Eh? Yeah, yeah. I yes. think I overdid it. I, I believe that's a goal. <laughs> that's a goal. I'm trying to explain that to you as a Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh, you yes. might not remember. <laughs> okay. Oh, those are fighting words. Uh, I'm not even going there. <laughs> this whole podcast is about fighting words. You know. That. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so we are talking about teachers today. We have Sonsolas here, who is teaching. Young children, how to play violin. And, of course, Rachel, you're director of education, and you're a shining light in the world of music education, not mm-hmm. just here in Toledo, but all over the Are country. you making up for calling yes. me old? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I am trying. <laughs> I didn't call you old. Wait a minute. I fell into that trap. <laughs> I didn't call you old to begin with. I called everybody. I, I called Sonsolis. Uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> not stepping in that again. Um, so, talking about teachers, let, let, tell us wh- who wants to go first and just give us what is the guiding philosophy? What's the guiding light that you think is important when it comes to the student-teacher relationship? Rachel? Oh, I will, yeah. Um, because this actually came from one of my teachers, my Eurythmics teacher at CIM. It was our freshman Eurythmics class, and he made a comment that, you know, besides your parents – the adult that's had the most influence in your life is most likely your private teacher. And so that's what I kind of keep coming back to. Like I see these kids year after year. And so I need to do so much more than just teach them. And that's why I kind of like the Dr. Suzuki philosophy of developing the entire child and the entire person. Can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, people are familiar with Suzuki with the name and with the concept of it as a teaching method. Can you tell us a little more about Suzuki? Um, It is developing the entire child, which I really like, and it includes a lot of parent involvement. So it's it's creating the Suzuki Triangle, the parent, teacher, and the child. Yeah. So, so Solis, you teach Suzuki. What do you have to say about it? Um, Well, to go off of what Rachel is saying, um, it also places a lot of um, importance in recognizing that um, the ability of every child is unlimited. And I really truly believe that. Uh, children are amazing human beings that mm-hmm. can learn and learn and absorb everything from their environment. But it also um, really uh, involves the parent in the equation because so many times um, you have the parent drop the child off and you know then right. after month after month they kind of lose track of what it is that child is doing in the lessons or lose the progress or of it and the fact that the parents are present in the lessons makes them very very aware and very much so part of the um, growth of okay. the child well what, what do you think the role of the parent is when it, when it comes to the teacher and the student i think that varies from 
teacher to teacher and yeah. the age of the child, maybe a little bit the instrument. Um, I know when we were talking about this podcast, I was talking to my mom, just you know, giving her a heads up, see if she had any funny stories to share. <laughs> and she knew a lot about the teachers I had when I was young. But once I started going to the lessons on my own without her, she's like, you know, I really, I didn't have too much involvement with that relationship. So I, I can't really tell you that much about it. So mm. I, I think it just kind of depends on age and teaching style. Yeah. Merwin, you want to weigh in here? I mean, you're a teacher yourself. You have students. How long have you been teaching others? I've been teaching probably since I was 18. So that means I've been teaching really? for three years. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Uh, but I, so I've been teaching for a little bit longer than that. Um, it's, I, I think. I don't feel so bad now about <laughs> saying Sonsolis was the youngest here because obviously you're the youngest person. Absolutely. In the room. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that um, it's also actually um, taking off of what Sensola said was my teacher when I was in high school, um, Ranald Sheen, he always used to tell his students that the sky's the limit. And it was really something that I always, re- re- I really, really took to heart. And I think that sense of limitless possibility is really something that's incredibly important. And I think that with music, it can be very, very easy to kind of um, see very, very defined paths. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. going to do this. You have to do this to do that. And really, especially, you know, and even in the last decade, there are so many different ways to become a musician, whether whether that means being a professional musician, being an amateur musician, being a fan of music. There are so many ways to have music be a part of your life. And I think it's incredibly important as a teacher to be able to open as many of those paths as possible. Yeah. And it should be said, I mean, we're talking about music teachers in general, but but this rubric applies to all teachers who teach anything, really. They have to have that kind of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you agree, Rachel? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if you were looking at me with uh, skepticism or with (laughs) approval. No. (laughs) You have my approval. Okay. Good. Good to know. Um, Alain? (laughs) I'm going to be self-conscious about it now, every time. Don't overthink it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, you, uh, I I know that you're very interested in education. We we talked about it at length uh, on on this uh, program. But have you ever taught one-on-one? Do you do private lessons with people? Have you done that in the past? Yes, I've done a lot. I used to teach at the Conservatoire in Montreal. I was a trombone teacher for about a decade there. Well, that helps because uh, you're a trombonist. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) right. You were teaching piccolo or something like that. Well, and and I've also taught after that uh, at the University of Western in in London and also in Ottawa, but I taught the orchestra class, but also classes with a lot of students, like uh, postgraduate, like analysis class thing, like that, but one on one is really interesting because uh, you know you develop. It's like your second family. I have to say, my first, my first class that I had, I, it was I don't know in ninety five or something like that, and uh, yeah, when I was eighteen, I just like Merwin. <laughs> <laughs> I think since oldest, you're going to be the oldest one in the room by the time we're done here. <laughs> and. Uh, I, I remember I had the classes are rather small because you know the instrument you you cannot have too many because of course at the end of the funnel they need to find a job somewhere so yeah. you don't take twenty right so I had seven in my class 
and they're they're your other family because you always want to know. Like my teacher was like that with me also. Are you doing? Are you eating well? Now they're like a second family, so it it's very uh, it's consuming, you know, because you you really put a lot uh, into it. Nowadays, of course, I don't have time. I I have a very very right. big family with the orchestra <laughs> in front of me, but uh, yeah. it's uh, you know, and of course, it's not teaching because you know they're my colleagues. But you know, I like to go and give master class or go see the youth orchestra, and uh, I don't know. It just uh, it's something that you can. Um, it's um, how do you say when you uh, pass it to the next person when you've been lucky pay enough? Pay it forward. Pay yeah. it forward. Uh, there's a big uh, concept of paying it forward. Mm-hmm. I've been very lucky in my in my student years to have uh, people that were a, a lot of positive influence on me, and I just feel that it's important to pay it forward. All right. Well, it, it's time for us to do a quiz, and this is a teacher-related quiz. In fact, I'm calling it "Great Teachers in History." I've got 10 different quotes, okay? Okay. And, you know, you can just chime in when you know the answer. You have to tell me if this is a quote by Aristotle, by Confucius, or by Bill Nye the Science Guy. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's one of those. Here's the first one. Oh, hang on a second. I've got some school music for us. <laughs> Little back-to-school music there in the background. Right? <laughs> you can get into it. Okay. Is it Aristotle, Confucius, or Bill Nye, the science guy? First quote. You can't open a book without learning something. Anybody have any ideas? Uh, I'm going to say Confucius. I'll take you Aristotle. are... Yay! Confucius! Yay! Good job. Rachel's right. Merwin is... <laughs> <laughs> Here's the second one. The more you find out about the world, the more opportunities there are to laugh at it. Oh, that would be... Uh, that sounds... That, that sounds Greek. That's the first one. That's uh, Aristotle, Aristotle, Confucius, or Bill Nye? Oh, no. It's not Aristotle. Okay, I'll go Bill Nye. 50, 50, 50 yeah. It's Bill Nye. Yes, Bill Nye, the science guy. Here's number three. The roots of education are bitter, but the fruit is sweet. Uh-huh. I will say Aristotle. That is Aristotle. Good job. I'm thinking Rachel's ahead right she now. Is. I never she keep is. track with And these young and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Now I lost my place. Where are we? Okay. Here's another one. Democracy is when the poor and not the rich are the rulers. Who came up with that quote? I'm going to say Aristotle. Aristotle? Mm-hmm. Yay! You're right. Took me a minute to find the yay button there. That's <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, Sansolis and, and Rachel are neck and neck. Yeah. Right? Okay. Here's the next one. Life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. I'm going to go Bill Conf- Nye. I'm going to go Confucius. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay, here's uh, uh, here's you, Merwin. Uh, I would have said Bill Nye. And there's some solace, right? Oh, wow. It's Confucius. Okay, humor is everywhere in that there's irony in just about anything a human does. Humor is everywhere in that there's irony in just about everything a human does. That sounds like Aristotle to me, but... Oh. 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 50-50 chance. Bill Nye. Yay! 
<laughs> and we have a tie. <laughs> and Rachel, no, Rachel's pulling ahead oh, there. I don't think so. I think we're tied 3 3. Are you tied now? Yep. We're I'm very competitive. We're okay. totally keeping track here. <laughs> All right. Should we just call it a tie or should we finish it? Oh, no, let's. To, oh, we, we need to finish this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh,. Wait, who's, Does that mean okay. the guys gave up already? No, they we're encouraging. Oh, okay. we're, we're, we're being supportive. So, what, what did you say? Who did you say that was? By Bill Nye. Yeah, Bill Nye. That's okay. right. I just want to make sure I got the right one. Oh, okay. okay. Here's the next one. Nature does nothing in vain. Nature does nothing in vain. Confucius. I was going to say Confucius. So no. we'd both be wrong. Oh. All right, okay. Merwin. Ella. It's up to you, Ella. Merwin and Ella. Ella. <laughs> <laughs> You've discovered the secret. We just have to pinch our yes, nose. And, that's oh, it. Man. You gotta, you just gotta do oh. it at the right okay. time. <laughs> do you? Are, are you feeling Aristotle or are you feeling Bill, <laughs> Bill Nye the Science Guy? I think. Uh, I don't know. I'll take Bill Nye the Science Guy. Oh, there you go. Well, can you say that quote again? Good job. Because his nature oh, no. does nothing in vain. That was wrong. I'm oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is an open book test for you, Brad. <laughs> Hey, you know, of all the people in this room, I am not a teacher. <laughs> so, okay, it was not. So what, who does that leave? Aristotle. Yay! Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I won't wait a count that. I You're won't not, count You can't it. count. The only one who hadn't answered yet was <laughs> Alain. Alain. <laughs> so what's your answer, Alain? Oh, let me think about it. <laughs> Aristotle? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, there's only three left. Here we go. Winter lingered so long in the lap of spring. I mean, it sounds like a Richard Wagner Wintersturm of Wichenden Okay. Winter lingered so long in the lap of spring that it occasioned a great deal of talk. Who is that by? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just to break the uncomfortable silence, I will say Confucius. Oh. <laughs> Ar- Aristotle again? Uh, hang on. No? no. That was no. Bill Nye? My God. Oh my. Yeah, that's very deep for Bill Nye. It's sort of like he's talking about global warming or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it sounded yeah. Confucius-y uh, to me, too. Uh, it did. I feel better now. <laughs> I, I may have jiggered some of these around so they sound a little more Confucius-y. <laughs> 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 yes, well, I, really. I, I'm I mean, a little concerned about the Chinese to English translations here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, two left. Real knowledge is to know the extent of one's ignorance. Ooh. Aristotle. Mm-hmm. Confucius. Yay! Got it. <laughs> Let's take the temperature here. I don't know where we are. Are we tied or uh, no, is somebody ahead? Uh, Rachel's ahead. Rachel's ahead yeah. by... One. By one? By one. Okay, well, if you can get this. And oh, my God. <laughs> we can call it a tie. <laughs> I'm sweating. This is number 10. <laughs> Everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. Everyone you will ever meet knows something you don't. Bill Nye. Yay! <laughs> Bill Nye for the tie. <laughs> Excellent. So... How do you all feel about uh, coming to a tie on that? Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's yes. good? Everybody approve? Yep, all right. Definitely. We can lose the uh, school day's music there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Back to our conversation about teachers and teaching. You've talked a little bit about um, philosophy of teaching and what you do as, as teachers. 
Let's go back and talk about some of the early influences. I know, Merwin, you told us a little bit, but, but some of the teachers that have had a big effect on you. And just to start the conversation, why don't we go around and talk about what's the best advice that you ever got from a, a teacher when you were young that you try to pass on these days to your own students or people that have worked with you? Go ahead, Sensor. I can start also um, just because something that Merwin said earlier about one of his teachers saying the sky's the limit actually like, shook me because that's the quote that I came here with. Like the mm-hmm. sky's the limit was also told to me. Wow. And uh, while I was in college, my teacher, Edward Pulgar, kept saying this to me. And, you know, um, definitely that was my motor for just keep going. Um, and it's not so much about, you know, ambition and always wanting more. But I think actually I, I love the, the notion of we're always moving. Mm. Um, no matter where, we're just always constantly moving and looking and in search of um, and I think that now that I'm teaching, you know, little kids, um, to me, that's really important to keep in mind in the sense that, as I was saying earlier, like there's no limit to their ability. So um, I'm never giving I'm never giving up on them. You know, they can't yeah. figure something out and we're constantly trying to find different ways to reach to the same target. And so different ways to help them out. Well, the sky's the limit. I mean, that's a great phrase. It's almost a cliche, you know, mm-hmm. when you think of it that way. But it's not only a, a motivator. It's a, it's kind of a challenge, you know, when you're saying to somebody, the sky's the limit. Don't settle for, you know, mm-hmm. the treetops. Go for the sky and beyond. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think that that was, um, for for me, there was this constant need to be challenged mm-hmm. and not to not to accept what what was easy and what was in front of me and i think that he kept pushing yeah. and that that was very very important um for, for me and i think that f- as a student i could be pushed in a variety of, variety of different ways i had um teachers who are fear motivators that doesn't work for me as a teacher i'm not really that type of teacher but that did work for me as a student. You don't use electroshock therapy with your <laughs> students, no. Uh, you know, some some sort of a cord. Like <laughs> Is that why you're not a teacher? <laughs> I don't. I don't have any students left. <laughs> I uh, had the occasion to reach out to one of my very early teachers, uh, who is a friend of mine on Facebook now. I, I don't know if you all are in touch with any of your earlier teachers, but. I asked him for a quote, which was a terrible thing to do. I was like, <laughs> you know, give me a sentence or two that, that tells folks what kind of a student I was when I was eight years old. And, you know, I said, it's okay if you want to make me look bad. But, of course, he didn't make me look bad. And so, of course, I, I want to read it for you. <laughs> so here's what he says. His name is Kermit Wells, Mr. Wells. Brad was not a typical choir boy, not easily distracted, watched like crazy, and knew there was more to the music than was on the paper, sang with emotion and meaning and lots of expression on his face, mature beyond his years. And it was all downhill from there. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I thought that was nice. Do do any of you maintain still contact with some of your teachers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sonsoles? Oh, yeah, it's um, it's, uh, great 
comfort to just always go back and, you know, hey, I have a question or, you know, oh, or like this is new in my life or I've accomplished this and yeah. thank you so much. Or I was teaching this and it made me think of you and constantly. Yeah, yeah. the teachers have a huge imprint in your life and, you know, and you want to carry that message and that legacy as much as possible. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, there's so much to say about teachers and teaching and it is really probably the most important thing that will ever, you know, happen to any of us is the influence that we get from those teachers and from those mentors. And we're running out of time, but uh, do we want to just go around and, you know, either uh, a shout out, thanks, or a final word from each of you on this subject? Sure. I've talked a lot about um, my high school teacher. I've talked a lot about um, some of my college teachers previously on the podcast, but the very first violin teacher I ever had, her name was Marie Gale, and she was wonderful. Um, she's She doesn't teach quite as actively now, but she's just she was just so enthusiastic, knew how to motivate me, which was very easy at the time because I really liked stickers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he still does. I still yeah. do. My, uh, my kids study violin. They have stickers all over their exactly. violin case. Yeah. Um, but I think um i i know that i wouldn't be where i was without um without her and i remember she taught in downtown edmonton and there's this steep hill going up to alberta college which is where i would would be studying and i remember my parents driving you know like up this icy hill to take oh. me to these lessons and so definitely a shout out to them as well definitely a a, a danger in canada absolutely <laughs> yes you know yeah. you know june to August is when we don't have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, you, you want to say something? Um, very first teacher was Mrs. Drewhe, the old lady at church that taught everybody. And I didn't take from her for very long. And then we had Mr. Tukey, and he taught me how to blow my nose. Apparently, he taught all of his children, all wow. of his students, how to blow their nose. Did you say Alain when it was happening? Or? <laughs> <laughs> um, my my teacher uh, once we moved was Kathy Herbner, who I studied with for many many years until I went to college and was at CIM with Catherine Brown, and then did my masters with Anita Pentremoli, and so they were both really great. Miss Brown, every every single note she had something to say about every single note. She's also a vocalist. Yeah. Um, and then Miss Pentremoli was it's the notes don't matter make beautiful music and so there's like two totally different ideals so i, I got yeah. the best of both kind worlds of yin and yang yeah for those yeah mm. for me it was my uh, my high school um, i would say band and orchestra conductor monsieur grignet uh and we're not going to practice his name if that's <laughs> yes. all right <laughs> uh well he's moved on now he's in a yeah. better place but uh he was uh, biggest influence in my career, my life. Also, he was not only there for for me as a musician, but also as a human being. Um, helped me buy my first house, even. Wow! <laughs> and he was always there for um, for anything I wanted to talk about. He was a big father figure for, uh, to me, so it was very, very important in my life. That's wonderful. Well, Sansolas, I mean, you know, you were in grade school a couple of years ago, so I'm sure you, I'm sure the memories are fresh. Yeah, for you. I'm 12, basically. Yeah. I just gave up my age. <laughs> really didn't want to, but um, I guess my first, also my first teacher, um, I was with her when I was five, um, all the way until I was, I think, 11. And really what was really super special for me looking back was that it came to a point where she um, told my mom, 
I basically taught her everything I could, like everything I know. So she, I need to move her along to someone greater. And as a teacher now, I see how much courage and love that took, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for a teacher to, to let go of one of their students, not to put a cap on the student because there's a cap on, on your own person. So I just thought that that was, you know, so great, yeah. uh, a great testimony of, you know, her love for me. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, so super yeah, special. That's great. Well, we, we're all full of wonderful stories, I think, uh, of teachers past. So a tribute to teachers, I think, is a good title for the podcast today. Certainly fitting. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. My thanks to everyone who joined us today, Merwin Sue, Rachel Zeithamel, Elaine Trudell, And our special guest today, that is Sansolis Jodra. I'm Brad Cresswell, and this has been Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.